Hello and welcome to Alchemic Life. My name is Jo and this is my podcast. Today is Climate Strike Day globally and here in our corner of Wiltshire it's a beautiful day. It's a sunny day with the widest bluest sky I've seen in a while. This is all set to change at the weekend but today we have so much to be grateful for and so much to not take for granted. Included in that, of course, is Greta Thunberg, who is responsible for this whole climate strike movement, really. And um, I'm thinking of her and wishing for her only the best today, because it's no doubt going to be overwhelming at her age to go through this, especially with all the critics she has. But it's been amazing already seeing the movement going on around the world. So that's going on today. We are going to be going up to a local vantage point here just to see as much of the land as we can and just think about what we have and what we stand to lose. I hope you get in touch with the land somehow this weekend. Elsewhere this week I've pretty much been nerding out on my favourite topic which is energy medicine. I promise not to rattle on about it too much here because I don't think nerding out makes for good podcasting, but I am obsessing about it a bit and I've still got so much to learn. Um, I'm specifically looking at the way that energy and energy medicine is beginning to be recognised by the scientific community. What well, It's been going on for a long time, but only in very small ways because there's not a lot of big money attached to it, so the research tends not to get done. But I don't think it can be ignored anymore. And it's so exciting to me that this is going to be part of our reality moving forward for health and for wellness. I kind of got kickstarted again a little bit by listening to Jill Blakeway, who is an acupuncturist, amongst other things. And she has a book out at the moment called Energy Medicine. I read it back in May, and I think she's doing a bit of a book tour at the moment. She was on Jonathan Field's podcast, The Good Life Project, I think it was dated August 22nd, but I only listened to, listened to it last week. It's quite an interesting conversation because she's a committed energy healer and he is very open-minded about it, but a bit of a sceptic. So it makes for interesting talk once you get past her sort of personal history, which is interesting, but I wanted to hear the good stuff. But I recommend that podcast. It was a, a really good listen. So I've been thinking about that and all the research that's going on into energy. It excites me because it is my field, it is my interest, and I've managed to stick with it for once. I chop and change and I can be incredibly fickle and I'm, in the past, been swayed so much by my worries about what other people will think. And with energy medicine, there are so many, how can I put it, so many bad examples out there of people being misleading and somewhat flexible with the truth and making sweeping generalisations and sweeping claims. And you end up with everybody getting a bit of a bad name. And you also start to think, oh, people are going to think I'm mad. People are going to laugh at me. But I've quietly stuck with this over the years, sometimes perhaps more quietly than I should have done. But those days are past and I am now loud and proud about it. (laughs) One thing that did have me wobbling for a long time was, remember when I spoke about role models last week? Well, my first Reiki teacher was a local woman. I did Reiki one and two with her in 98 and 2000. And I bumped into her about six or seven years ago when she served me in a cafe. And she told me she was now living on a boat. She had no money. The heating was broken. She couldn't afford to fix it. 
She looked like she was wearing all her clothes and had been for some time. And as she spoke to me, I noticed that all her teeth were black and it was a really shaking experience. She was obviously really down on her luck and had been for some time. And she was the only Reiki professional that I'd ever met. The fact that she wasn't teaching anymore and hadn't been for some while was irrelevant to me. She was my role model. And it just planted this thing in my head. Every time I thought about creating a career and using Reiki uh, healing to develop that, I just, no, she would flash up in front of my eyes and I'd just think, no, you don't want that kind of a life. And that was that. Believe it or not, it was only this week as I was thinking about something that my Reiki master teacher had shared that it struck me that he is the one who should be my role model. I'd met him four years ago and this had never even occurred to me. I mean, talk about insane. There he was right in front of me all this time. Was it because he's a man? Don't know. But I'll tell you what he's also. He's also internationally respected. He travels the world teaching. He lives in his native European home while his wife, with whom he's still on obviously really good terms, I'm don't know and don't care about the details of their relationship. She lives in a stunning retreat in the Blue Mountains, not far from Sydney. He travels to Japan to further his own learning. He's got a very, very successful business that they have between them. He is also a joy to be around. He's totally his own quirky, hilarious self. He's a profoundly gifted healer and all his students adore him and just return to him again and again and again. So why is he not my role model, not the person living on a boat with no money and black teeth? So I've decided that from now on, he's going to be my expander in that role. Do you know this term, expander? I think Lacey Phillips coined it. She means somebody who, maybe like you, who's achieved some aspect of what you dream of. So they expand your sense of what's possible by embodying it. It's like a role model dialed up to 11. So Franz Diener, I'll put a link up to him. He's the best. He's just so gifted and so awesome. He's my expander on that front now. My dream about a decade ago was called White Dog Barn, and it was a healing and teaching centre for humans and other animals, named for my Jack Russell Jackson, bless him. And then came, to use someone else's term again, in this circumstance, Julie Pyatt, then came our dismantling, financially and emotionally. Everything just fell apart. I had a four-year-old parent, a move to get through, and, oh yeah, perimenopause! (laughs) And although I have to say I was too busy to be aware of anything, but just feeling crap most of the time, I had no idea about perimenopause. I was just getting through. We were in full on survival mode. But um, the dream of White Dog Barn stayed. It was filed under N for no chance. But I think my postmeno fire might have burned that file and somewhat polished up the dream. It's big and it's crazy and it looks impossible, but who's to say it can't happen? Not me. And to use it as a North Star, I think is a good thing. Step one, of course, for me is to get a physical space of any kind where I do hands-on healing as part of my Reiki practice. I do distance already and that's just as good. Some people only do distance healing and that's fine by me and I'm totally behind that. But I actually enjoy the one-on-one contact and especially as I would like to build a physical place to do that. I've got to start somewhere. 
sadly, the home we live in at the moment is, as lovely as it is, way too small for anything like that. We have nowhere that I can dedicate. There's three of us and three dogs here seven days a week. So it's it's just never going to be possible here. So I've been looking at rental rooms, but in this area and even further out into Bath, they are pretty horrible. I just, the, you know, environment is really important with these things. And I know I can't be super picky when I'm starting out, but I really don't want to be in any of these places. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And also the further away I get, if I move towards Bath, they get very expensive. And so it would be difficult for me to break even. So rental rooms at the moment, I'm keeping looking but nothing on the horizon right now. There are wellness clinics and spas who have therapists come in and work for them, but I don't have enough professional experience. I have over 20 years of non-professional experience, but quite rightly, most of them seem to ask for two years professional. Again, I'm going to keep looking, which leaves me with my portable massage couch and home visits. Now, I know this works really well for some people, but I have had personal experience that is holding me back. Many years ago, I used to do home checking for our local animal shelter. I'd go out and meet people who'd applied to adopt a dog. I'd check their homes out, just see what their gardens were like, whether they were safe, and advise them on how to bring themselves into line with the criteria we were looking for. Mostly, it was absolutely fine. It was really enjoyable and it was great work to do. And then I had a couple of experiences that weren't good. I was never hurt in any way, but in one in particular, I think I came very close and I was very aware that I was locked in someone else's home, up some stairs, in the dark, on my own, (laughs) even though I always left, you know, clearly I left my partner details of where I was going and where and when and who I was seeing, but it was absolutely terrifying to the point where I stopped volunteering and even now the idea of going to the home of somebody I don't know makes me really nervous. I know it's completely different and I know potentially it would probably be women that I was going to see but how do you know? I just have a real block with this. If you do home visits of any kind or you know anyone who does and is enjoying it I'd be really grateful for any tips you might have or just some feedback because I think this is going to be my way in, even if it's only temporary. I have to start somewhere and this might be it and I've got to get past this block. So going to the homes of strangers and this is not like it's not like online dating. I can't arrange to meet for a coffee in a public place first. That's that's just not what's going to happen. So, yeah, advice on that, please. What else? I have noticed recently that I still get some kind of a cycle nearly three years post bleed. I'm still getting some fairly regular, almost lunar cycle. So I was doing some research this week into whether or not women's bodies still have a cycle post-menopause. And turns out they kind of do as things begin to settle down. The ovaries don't just stop. They gradually go down. The bad news is (laughs) that this can go on for seven and a half years post-menopause. What the... Seven and a half, I'm not even halfway there yet. For some women, it's 11 years. My worst time was the two years between my last bleed and officially two years of nothing. That was the very worst time for me and it's gradually got better and better. My life and mentally and emotionally, I'm really good. I have my wobbles, 
usually in turn with this with this cycle, that life is much better. But yeah, there's still definitely a cycle going on. And I was really shocked by this. For me, this means a flare up of things like joint pain, insomnia, nighttime anxiety, maybe the odd hot flush. And I go through maybe a week where I get migraine every day. Apparently this settles down. I just think, I didn't know about this, so I'm going to put it out there. Seven and a half years, maybe, on top of everything else. Good times. Of course, when you get there, you get past there, you've got to think about things like osteoporosis and heart issues. It's just joy, isn't it? So when we get back from holiday, I am going back to the gym. Now, I managed a gym for some years. I'm qualified in gym management, in fitness testing, in writing fitness programs. So I'm looking forward, I think, to going back and just doing some weights. And my daughter, when we get back from holiday, will be 14. So she can use a gym with my guidance. And she's really looking forward to it too. So we're going to be out there fit and strong together. Gym work is the only weight bearing I'm interested in at the moment. I'm taking time every day to do the energetic equivalent, I guess, of inbox zero. I'm not up for carrying around unnecessary stuff anymore, good or bad. I'm keeping it clean. I'm keeping it light. My mind and my body and my spirit are asking for a capsule wardrobe, I think. It's easier said than done as an information junkie, but definitely worth doing. I'm finding that it really eases my inbuilt tendency to look for the new all the time. I'm a real flitter about, you know, I hop from this to that, something new, something new, something new. But because I'm starting every day clean and fresh, that urge has almost disappeared. Is this how minimalism works? You know, kind of house type minimalism? I don't know, but I'm finding it works on me. It's not a one and done deal. I have to do it every day, but that's good, isn't it? It's a slow practice every day, ongoing to keep myself clear and focused. Coming to this relatively late in life is a revelation, I can tell you, which is another reason for me to be endlessly fascinated with energy work. See how, see, I am, I'm nerding out. I'm sorry, can't help it. One more thing I'm going to share with you that I've learned this week. I had to go to the dentist. Thought I needed a filling. I don't. But it turns out that in my enthusiasm for keeping my teeth super clean, I've been wearing away my enamel. Who knew? I thought I was just being really thorough. Turns out I'm rubbing my teeth away. So on my dentist's advice, I went out and I bought a soft brush and some pro enamel toothpaste. And now I have to brush. She mimed it for me really slowly and gently. And don't rinse your toothpaste off. Who knew? I'm betting you probably all did. British dentistry is Victorian. I'll grant you. But I think perhaps I'm just late to the party on this one, but I'm loving it. What a lovely, gentle way to start and end the day. Nice, gentle, soft toothbrushing. See, if I tell you nothing else of any value, you took something away there. Anyway, that's all I've got for you this week. Today's message, I guess, would be slow it down. Be choosy about what you hold on to. Keep it clean enjoy space and have a big dream because I'm hanging on to mine. I hope you've got a really good weekend ahead of you. Autumn's on the way, come Sunday here. Wherever you are, autumn, spring, have a good one. And I'll see you back here next week. 